Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to No Lesson Plan. Here comes another episode. Today, I'm with my friend Lucero Nunez. Lucero, how are you? How are you doing? Hi, how are you? I'm great. And what about you? I'm okay. I'm okay. No, a little nervous, as always, when I start an interview. How are you feeling? Uh, it's, I'm nervous. I'm yeah, really, it's, really nervous. It's normal. It's, I mean, I'm nervous too. <laughs> I think I'm more nervous than you. Anyway, Lucetta, yeah. let's get started with this episode. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, first off, thanks for having me here today. It's the first time I've been in a podcast. And well, my name is uh, Lucero, as you said it before. And I've been teaching for almost six years now as an English and Spanish teacher in a private school called Colegio Tecate, here in Tecate. And the levels that I've been teaching are very different. I mean, I have worked not only with kids around seven to 14 years old, but also teenagers, young adults around 20s, and also adults around 30s and 40s. So it's been a different, it's been funny and it's been interesting to see how students from different ages um, work, right? And that's a little bit about me. I studied docencia uh, idiomas in UABC here in Tecate. So that's, that's it. Good, good. Remind me of your age. How old are you, Lucero? Because you look really young. Yes, I am 25 years old. Wow. Okay, so you started early teaching, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, like and, and Like what? I'm sorry? 19. 19 years old. And so, so far, which age group is your favorite? I must say that um primary school like between like fourth grade or sixth grade those are my favorite why you know i thought i would enjoy teaching um older kids but i i don't know when i was teaching i discovered this um I would how would I describe it like I was teaching in this primary school and they have a lot of energy they full of energy they they repeat everything you say and they like to play a lot and I like to play a lot so that's why I enjoyed um teaching them very interesting. Now, I've said it before, me teaching kids was a disaster when I tried it. <laughs> I just, it's just, it wasn't my cup of tea. So I'm very interested in this. And I'm sure the audience is going to be very interesting, interested in this. You say you love playing. Now, let's get into your class a little bit, Lucero. Let's get into your class. Um, how is Lucero's class? How would you describe it? What goes on in it? Well, 
I thought the same, that it was going to be a disaster um, because at first I didn't have a lot of patience and I thought it would be a disaster, but it turned out good. Uh, my classes are uh, with primary students. They're, like I say, they are full of energy and I like to play a lot. My classes are focused on the TPR method. So I like to move around, play, sing, and they enjoy that. They really enjoy that. And I never thought that I would be that kind of teacher that loves singing and playing around, but I, it turned out that I am. I really am, and I really enjoy it. How did you discover that? I mean, how did you become that? It, it, you say that in the beginning you didn't think it would be like this. So how, yeah. how did you develop that? Well, it all started when I compare um, older students, like in the last years of the high school, and then I compare with these kids uh, around seven to 11 years old, and they're different. They don't like to play. They don't like singing a lot, and they don't um, follow what I do. And that's sad to me because I really liked moving around um, grouping uh, students to do like role plays and mimic things and they don't enjoy that they like grammar and I really like grammar don't get me wrong I like grammar but I like to use a natural method with students I like to uh, my students to relay things in a real life situation, and that's what kids do. Not not much with an older student. Well, I mean, the older students they require a different approach, right? They require something else, like you say. They they want to do more of the perhaps I don't know. Someone correct me if I'm wrong because I've never done. I did high school like for two weeks, and then I was like, "Yep, this is not for me." But I, th I think they wanted to do the more serious stuff. I don't know. Do you, would you say that's correct for the high school students? Yeah, that's correct. They focus on um, where language come from, not like learning. And they focus on grammar, like I said. And kids don't care about grammar at all. They care about learning about and playing and singing and they they learn a lot they learn fast right yeah they're like it's little sponges that is so cool that is so cool tell me one activity that you really like doing with these kids i mean you've mentioned role plays mimicking you know tpr uh that's total physical response for all for someone who may not know tell me that one activity that you really like doing okay i like um there's an activity um, where students play um, it's in an outside activity and I show them a flashcard with an object 
and they have to run and look for that object and they scream like, for example, if I'm showing a, a tree, they run and say tree and they also describe by their color, by the texture, by if in a case if they're they're um, learning food vocabulary, they describe it by their taste or smell and they really enjoy that. Or I also bring real objects to my class so they can relate the vocabulary to the object. And that's something I really enjoy. Or when I teach um, pronouns, I take my kids outside and I give them little flashcards with the pronouns and they have to stick them to, for example, I remember there were um, the secretary and they pasted the pronoun she and they were laughing. They really enjoy those kind of activities. What's it called? Um, that outdoor activity that you mentioned first. Um, yeah. Right now with the pandemic, obviously we're doing online teaching. Um, do you still do that, that type of activity, but now they have to run around their house perhaps, or, or uh, have you moved on to different activities for online teaching? Yeah, I had to change my my activity. And instead of going outside, I, I show them a picture of the object and they have to run into their house and look for that object. And they bring it and they show that object in, in the camera. That's so and, cool. <laughs> yeah, because they left, they leave their 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 camera on and they go and run and look for the object. And that's that's cool. That's that's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure they have a great time. I'm sure they have a great time running yeah. around their house. Yeah, have you had any too. kids? Have you had any kids falling down or something, tripping or yeah, one told me that <laughs> her mom, well, the floor was wet. Oh. So <laughs> he almost failed, but he was okay. There you go. That's that's fine. Now, Lucero, tell tell me for someone that's just uh perhaps thinking about um teaching English to kids or to new teachers, what would be your number one advice for them coming in to this field? Okay, um, one advice. Uh, don't be afraid of being silly in front of your kids because most teachers are afraid of that, um, being silly and doing games or dance, dancing. So, don't be afraid they focus more on what you teach or what they do in their class than what you actually do like moving or those weird faces that we have to do sometimes so that's my advice don't be afraid you will enjoy it very well now T tell us a little bit about the course book that you do you follow a course book in your institution or are you free to uh to include the activities that you want and the sequence that you want what's going on with that yes we do follow a, uh, a book 
but I really don't like to follow books um, a lot because I remember when I was a student, um, some teachers didn't want to teach without a book and they struggle a lot. So I do follow the topics and some activities, but I also add activities that I think about or activities that I see other teachers doing and I incorporate them to my classes. So my classes are not the same every time. What's it called? Um, how important is it for you to, to um, I guess, to, to talk to other teachers about what they're doing? To me, it's really important because um, I don't have that much experience as they do. And sometimes they have different methods, different techniques, different activities that I can't use in my class, in my classes. So my students will learn in a different way. And also sharing my experiences with them, help them hold, um, a certain topic or a whole class. So it's, it's really important to me. So in my personal point of view, I think teachers sometimes have to learn from other teachers because we we don't know everything. We are not a walking dictionary and we don't know everything. So we have to learn from other teachers or other students. Yeah, because sometimes some of my activities came from my students. They gave me ideas and I use them. That is super cool. Listening to your students, I think that's really important. Um, you know, maybe perhaps doing a little survey, asking them how they're doing in the class. I mean, and like you say, a lot of ideas have come from them and me too. I mean, some students have suggested things to me along the, uh, a long time. Uh, right now, um, I'm interested in finding a little bit more about how you approach another fellow teacher um, when you when you need uh, help or an idea or something. Is it something that's common in your institution for teachers to ask other teachers or um, how, how have you gone about this? Yeah, sure. Um, on the school that I'm working, uh, we have that um, a special thing. I don't know if the other teachers have that we share our experiences. For example, we have a group and if something um, happened into our classes, bad or good, we share it. And we notice that some of that, some of those things happen into other teachers too. For example, if a student, if a student's behavior is not the, the best, we share it and also other teachers um, know how to deal with that. And, and we share also our techniques because 
maybe something works for you, but not for other teachers. So that's what, what we do. We share everything that happens in the class. That's wonderful. I think that's a beautiful thing. When you have, um, when your department collaborates in this way, everybody learns, you know, you have a lot of communication, you can follow up on students, especially those that may be having problems learning uh, or difficulties. And you follow up, you know, you, you kind of pick up where the other teacher left off and kind of put do your own thing about it and, and see what works, what doesn't. When you when you need a tip, like you say, you go ask the more experienced teachers, and it's like this, um, um, what do you call it, scaffolding type of teaching, right? Uh, the, it, it's a really important element, and I'm I'm really happy to hear that at your institution you guys do this. It's it, it's really important. Now, tell me a few of the challenges that you faced when you started teaching kids. Okay. Um, the first thing I remember, um, it was, I started teaching in a school that students didn't have in, like, an English background. It was their first, um, time. Let's say first time um, learning English, and they and I with special needs, and it was difficult because okay. I didn't know that the last teacher didn't tell me, and I didn't know what to do because there were two kids, and they they are really intelligent and and all that, but they have. One day they had a crisis and I didn't know what to do. They didn't want to do any of the activities that I had. And the only thing I did is I let them be. And that was a moment that I remember with kids. That's a, that's a pretty heavy critical incident. If you don't mind me asking, what kind of special needs did they have? I think it was um, autism, and I think it was also Asperger, I think. Asperger's? Yeah, Asperger. uh -huh. yeah that, that's like the um, high-functioning autism, I yeah. believe. And uh, so what did you do? I mean, when you noticed that these kids were perhaps behaving different, how did you notice that they had something? Because they were acting different. Like um, they were like in their war. They didn't pay attention on what I was saying or what I was doing and they were um I don't know they were just in their world I I would say um but yeah and then the next day I asked the prince 
te puedo eh, there is something wrong or or if they yeah those kids um a special treatment yeah and that's why i search a little bit more about it and i was prepared for the next day okay did you ever receive any type of training from your institution towards uh, to handle specific learning differences in Not your class? At all. Uh, well, I mean, this is the type of research that I do, you know, and, and it's not surprising to me because I know that no institutions offer training yeah. on this matter, at least, you know, when I did my, my little bit of research there, we'll talk about that in a different episode, I guess, right now we want to focus on you. And so tell me, what did you find out and what did you modify in order to approach these students? Well, now that I, I knew what they had i changed my classes and when they had these episodes of bad behavior because they had it i didn't um i didn't force them to do what i wanted and i give them space so they can relax and they they went outside so they relax and they come back and they start doing the activities so that's what i noticed and i kept practicing so you basically gave them the the type of break that they needed in order for them to regain like concentration or yeah. something is yeah. that what you're telling me that's amazing i had a student like that i had a student like that that told me um, he was an adult and he said, Hey, you know what? I'm going to have to walk out of your, your class every such and such minutes. And I'm going to go drink coffee, smoke my cigarette, wash my face and come back. Yeah. I, I think he had Asperger's. Um, and he did in the beginning, he walked out quite often and he'd come back and he'd be able to pay attention. Yeah, I had a... And, um, sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, 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 please, please. Okay. Yeah. I had a, I had a classmate at the university that he had Asperger too. And like you say, he walked out of the class and come back. And then one thing I noticed he he was doing, he didn't have a notebook to write things. The only thing he was doing, he was writing. He was drawing, sorry, he was drawing in his book but he was paying attention i don't know how he do that but he was paying wow. attention yeah fascinating and when the teacher asked him something they he answered but he was drawing yeah you know it, yeah. It, it's amazing huh tell us more about this guy well his super intelligent super and i really enjoy having him in my groups when i had to do a presentation or whatever 
because we didn't have to um, tell him something because he already knew and he, he was good at it. Wow, that is so fascinating. He had a really good memory, very intelligent. Matter of fact, many people diagnosed with high functioning autism or Asperger's, um, they tend to be either average or above average and even very high in some cases uh, in terms of intelligence, in terms of their IQ, yeah. so to speak. So it, to me, it's not surprising what you're saying, but it's fascinating. It's not surprising, yet it is very fascinating because you know, you saw it, you lifted. Did you spend the whole four years with him? Yeah. In the VA? Yeah. And that helped me a lot because I was um, used to those things. And when I teach those kids, I knew they had the same thing because of my classmate. Wow. So through your classmate, you were able to develop like teaching strategies for these kids. Yeah. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Oh my goodness, guys, check this out, huh? This is awesome. This is amazing. You experienced Asperger's through a classmate in your BA and you, you noticed how he, what he needed. And then you, you took that, you took that experience into your classroom for your kids. Wow. Tell us a little bit more about that. I mean, what other things did you learn from your classmate that you brought into the classroom? Okay. It's tragedies. How they react to stress because he reacted um, bad to stress. Um, I learned that they, they don't have to follow your instructions your sorry they don't have to follow your instructions you don't just tell them what you need to do what what they need to do sorry and they will do it they learn by steps you have to give them steps to follow and also i also learn what to do in case they had they have a critical reaction because that happened to me in my classes what happened and what did you do well it was a stressful week for all of us and i guess he wasn't in their in his best because he he was medicated too and i think he wasn't taking his, I don't know what type of medication he was taking, but he didn't take it. And in a class, uh, I remember a teacher asking for an essay and it was pretty long. And he randomly stand up and woke up walk out of the class but he pushed the door and he made a hole in the wall yeah oh my goodness and he was yelling to our okay. teacher and we were shocked i was 
very yeah. aggressive and i was sitting oh i was goodness. sitting next to him i was sitting next to him and he was a big boy so yeah that's scary and what happened well we asked a teacher we we told a teacher and he was already outside and we were inside the class and other teacher was talking to him so he can relax and he did it okay but he didn't come back and he went to, oh, wow. to his house i guess but that's what that was that's what happened and and how did you transfer that experience into your classroom? Um, because those kids react the same way. So I knew I had to give them their space. So that's what I did. So it's like mm, basically what you did for these kids is to try to understand them and you know they need their space give them their space and you did, did you ever like i don't know if you uh i think for kids i'm not too sure but you also grade them on their behavior is that correct yeah sometimes and for these for these kids with these uh, learning differences did you ever grade that type of behavior or did you just not consider it at all Yes, I do consider, but I am flexible because I know it's, let's be honest, it's not their fault. It's their medication. And I agree. Yeah, definitely. As we all know, we have our goods and our bads, so they do too. Very interesting. Absolutely. And you're accepting of this. You're very empathetic towards yeah. this, right? And that's why my I started mm -hmm. and that's why I started my master's degree in um in special needs education. Okay. Are you studying that right now? Yes, I am. Where are you studying this uh degree? IEU University. It's from Puebla. Okay, okay. And it, it's an online course, right? It's an online master's? Yeah, it can be um, in a classroom, but I'm far away. So I took the online classes. And how is it so far? Really good and really interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot. I'm sure you are. I mean, you're learning everything about special needs, right? Inclusion, yeah. perhaps universal design, uh, the types of differences that you may have in the classroom. Tell us a little bit about the program. What, what kind of stuff are you looking at? Well, I can read the topics that I'm in right now. It's sure. called Bases Neurológicas del Desarrollo Humano, and it's really interesting how our brain works and 
all the things that we can develop. That's that's fascinating to me. What else? What other topics are you looking at right now? Teología de la discapacidad motriz y sensorial. Because those oh, kids, wow. they have those um, type of problems, let's call it. And, and all those things I already knew because of my classmate and because of my kids. And now I'm sharing wow. those experiences with my classmates in this um, subject. Very interesting. And do you have a research topic already for your uh, MA thesis? No, not already. So I'm, I'm, I just started. Okay, okay, I see. But I'm, 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 wow, this is fascinating. And we need to talk, uh, we need to talk more about this, because this is the type of research that I do. And you're basically the first teacher that I talk to. Um, who has this type of experience, you know, I'm pretty sure other teachers, I mean, they've had uh, uh, learners with differences because, you know, a rough estimate is one in 10, one in 10 students may have a learning differences, a learning difference. Um, and different countries have their own estimates. I mean, some say one in five, one in seven, one in 10, one in 15, one in 20. I, I'm, I'm pretty moderate, I guess. I, I, I stick to the middle and I say one in 10. But the type of experience that you have, Lucero, where you had a classmate with this, that's first firsthand experience. And you had a, you had a classmate with this in a teaching BA. So you're able to transfer these, these experiences with this classmate to your classroom. Now, I'm also very interested in talking to this guy, um, but we'll talk about that later. Um, and now you're taking a BA, I'm sorry, an MA uh, because of your experiences. I think this is fascinating. I think you're going down the right route because as you know, these learners, they need, a, they need help, but more than help, they need a social understanding. Um, they need us to develop a cultural understanding of what learning differences are. And so that's kind of what I'm after. And that's kind of where uh, you're part of that as well. So that's gonna have to be a different episode. For right now, we're almost towards the end and um, getting back on track with the script, because we have a script, people. Um, what would be some last pieces of advice, some final words uh, of encouragement to others based on the experience that you have so far? Now, I'm going to add an extra element to that, Lucero, and it's regarding learning differences in the classroom. What would be some advice to new teachers regarding that area of teaching? Okay, one advice I can give other teachers is if the school doesn't provide uh, a course or something so you can be prepared to those kind of topics I'm talking about, especially um, you have to do your, your own research in order so you can be prepared because that's what a teacher needs to do. You have to look for new strategies, 
you have to look for every single student that you have. And you have to always remember empathy. That's what we need, empathy. I think that's something teachers should teach to all the kids. Very well, Lucero. Very, very well. Thank you so, so much uh, for being part of this show. It has been a very interesting talk and you've opened a door for me to pursue learning differences, which is what I do. And uh, I mean, I appreciate and your students for sure appreciate that you're, you've become cognizant of this uh, factor in language learning and teaching. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everybody. Thank you so much. Um, this has been another episode of no lesson plan Lucero. Take it easy. Okay. Thank you so much for this opportunity.